Hello everybody, welcome back to The Way That I See It. My name is Lucy Superfox and this is my podcast. So hopefully you have been a fan of the podcast for a while. This isn't your first episode that you're coming across, but if it is, then welcome to my little space, my little place where I'm always brutally honest about how I feel about a subject. And if I can help teach, share, add value, add wisdom, then I do. And if I don't feel like I can, then I won't. So basically I don't talk about anything that's outside of my remit. And if I talk about something that's outside of my remit, I'm always very like, this is a therapeutic remit, or this is a, you know, law remit or a financial advisor's remit, because I can only share with you my experience and my knowledge. I can't share with you something I don't know, right? And so I think that's actually a really important point to note when you listen to any podcast or any YouTube or anything is somebody is usually sharing experience. Now, I sometimes believe experience can be more valuable than knowledge because what you gain from experience, right, what you gain from that window of time where you actually learn something viscerally, so not just cognitively, so knowledge, but you learn something somatically, you learn something in your body, you you know how something feels, like that really is powerful. And when you can, there's something you want to know or something you want to learn or something you want to improve on or grow or have more experience in, then speaking to people, listening to people, working with people who have experience in doing the thing that you want to do, they are your people, right? They are the people that you want to be plugged into. They are the people that you want to be like listening to and consuming, not necessarily somebody who has the certifications or the letters. Now, that's not to say they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the experience, but that's a bit like saying that everybody's textbook and everyone's experience of life is textbook, although that is rather ironic because I'm going to talk to you about something today where something was very textbook. So I I phrase all of that because what I want to talk to you about now is around my... um, diagnosis slash prognosis of ADHD and I come at it from a very much a person who is no specialist is no expert the only people that could ever class themselves as experts are you know psych um, psychologists therapists and psychiatrists right they are your three so psychiatrist psychologist and any version of therapist or counselor will likely have some training in those areas a, psych- a psychiatrist is who really diagnoses ADHD. So I've not had a psychiatric um, assessment. I've had a psychology assessment. I've had practical behavioral assessment and I have a very, very strong self-assessment. And here's the thing I want to say is that self there's nothing wrong with self-assessment and there's nothing wrong with a psychiatrist assessment, right? It's all about what fits the person. But here's the thing that happened for me. So I actually denied point blank like absolutely refused to believe that I had ADHD until six months ago and I'm 35. So my sister has been diagnosed ADD, ADHD since she was maybe seven. My brother, not long after, I mean, he's a lot younger than us, but as in the same age bracket. And I was never diagnosed with anything such of the sort. It was never even mentioned. It was never even something that I would have even associated with myself and that's not to say I associate negative things with it I don't at all but it's not something I would ever have associated with myself I am a high performer I am very organized when I want to be I'm very uh, meticulous I'm very detail oriented and actually I was very focused created great grades in school didn't have any learning challenges you know that all the things that kind of what I'd say a textbook you know socially wise I was always you know, I was in a mix of circles, I had a lot of friends, there was nothing really that you could look at on paper and say, this child has ADHD, or this teenager has ADHD, or this young adult has ADHD. And so 
it was really four years ago when I started working with my, she was my therapist, no longer my therapist, because I, well, we're, anyway, that's another story. That's one for another time. She's an amazing human. We just, I would, we're at a point now where I want her to be in my life in a different way. And we have to, we had to basically cease therapy in order for that to happen for, you know, professional boundaries. So, um, in order to be friends, basically. So if you didn't know that, that's the rules. Um, so we ceased in February, early February. So, but what I've worked with her on, basically, let me bring it up to speed, is over the last four years, we've been working on a ton of things, right? So four years ago, when I first met with her, I was getting divorced. I was starting a relationship with Josh. I was in a situation emotionally where I was really confused about like my fertility. I was really confused about whether or not I wanted to have children. I was confused about my career. I was confused about a lot of things. I was going for a lot of change all at once. I was moving house again. And so when I met with her and, and met her the first time, I actually met her in person. That's the one unique thing about her is that again, she was like a definite nudge from the universe. Like, you know, did a quick Google search. Someone came up. I said, yeah, that sounds all right. Went to meet her and we worked together for another four years. So and online after that point, after, you know, 2020's debacle. So I, I've been working with her for a long time. And what's what's amazing to me now is not once did she ever say to me, you have ADHD, right? She could have said it to me. She said in her notes, she can see it in session two. Like session two, she wrote down ADHD question mark. And isn't that wild that that was four years ago? So three and a half years before it even became something I even considered. And that blows my mind because... I did feel a little bit and that this you'll learn this as anyone who's been through this or anybody that you know when you get a diagnosis of anything but especially something that you feel could have had an impact had you known earlier is almost like a grieving period right it's almost like you know when you date a guy and then you break up with him or a girl you know whatever but I've always dated guys and you break up with them everyone goes oh, I thought it was a dickhead anyway that's how I felt when I found out because I was like why the fuck did nobody tell me why did nobody tell me that I, this was something I was presenting. Why didn't nobody tell me that maybe this was my experience? And the thing is, I'm not angry with anyone in particular. It was very much just this period of like, like I, and I'm, and this is one of the things I'm gonna talk about tonight is how to use your, and again, I can only speak from my experience, but how I have used my ADHD to my benefit, I guess, how I have used some of those things to create success and results and how I've worked with them rather than pushing against it. But my point being is, there was a period for me where I felt really angry that nobody had told me. And, but when I thought about it and I looked at the work that myself and my therapist had been doing over four years, she was actually teaching me to regulate my ADHD, regulate my nervous system, regulate my thought process. We were doing a lot of, like we've done a ton of work on protector parts. We've done a lot of work on family systems. Like, and anyone that's familiar with that will know that they are, very, very, very common uh, therapeutic models that are worked on with people who have ADHD. So I have been working on my ADHD and regulating it and finding my way through the trauma and the carnage and what was suppressed and pushed down without necessarily knowing I was doing it. And so as I got diagnosed, and by the way, like I said, I've not had a psychiatric diagnosis, so I'm loose about that word. As I became very aware that actually this was the case, this was the reality, I had validation from therapists, I had validation from two friends who are also therapists, and I had validation from some other people who work in the mental health profession. And um, and I also looked at my life and realized that 90% of my social circle have diagnosed ADHD. And I was like, that is not a coincidence. So 
I had already been doing the work. It wasn't like, oh God, really? Right now, let's go do four years of work. What I've been working on with her was actually all the things that one would work on in many scenarios, but specifically with somebody who has grown up with ADHD and didn't know. So all the kind of trauma traits, all the kind of behavior traits, all the kind of story traits, all the all the things that I had grown up with, I then have been working on regulating, clearing, processing, moving through, like whatever word you want to use. So it was around this time. And I recently read, relatively recently read um, the Gaber, I don't know how to say his name, Gaber Mate. I would say because it's got an, like a hyphen on his scattered mind. So if you haven't read this as someone with ADHD, please do. I strongly recommend it. Now, here's the thing about this book. This book indicates that it is a disorder, not a disease, a disorder. So disorder in the brain, disorder as in no order, as in dysregulated nervous system, which I can get on board with. What And it does talk about healing. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this podcast and in the next podcast too. It does talk about healing. But what it does not do is give you the solution for healing. And what it does not do is make out like you can use your ADHD as a superpower. So when you read this, know that I am not saying you're broken, you need to fix yourself. Because I read this book and was like, well, that's lovely. Now what? Because there's parts of my ADHD that I absolutely fucking love and parts of it that I absolutely hate. And the answer to both of those scenarios is regulate, 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 regulate. So if I regulate myself, so I regulate my central nervous system and I've talked about some podcasts before, if I can regulate myself to move between my sympathetic and parasympathetic, so I'm not always in fight or flight, I'm not pushing anything down, I'm feeling all my emotions, I'm healthy from a physiological standpoint, so I'm regulating myself, then I can choose when the, the the wave of dopamine comes or the wave of hyperactivity comes, I can choose to use it or not because I'm regulated. Rather than being a victim to my mood and circumstance, I am actually in charge. And so when you read this book, know that there is an element of it being an illness and a disorder. And although he is hopeful about change, and, and I'm gonna be truthful with you, if you're a parent and you read this and you have ADHD children, and obviously you have been parented and you likely will work out that your parents have ADHD, know that over 50% of the reason your ADHD presents how it does, whether it's positive or negative, is down to parenting. That a huge part of the way that ADHD develops in children, regardless of whether or not they have the gene, is the, the attunement with the parent and the parent is how the parent is as the prime, but parent or primary caregiver, how that person is in those first early years. So I know that when I read this, I thought, holy shit, if I was a mom, I would take some of this real personal. But here's the thing, even if it hurts and you listen to this or you read this and it hurts to hear this stuff, knowing that you could have helped or helped regulate, I want you to know it's never too late. It's never too late to help a child or to help yourself feel like they can regulate themselves and that a lot of the things that they're remembering are just because of the way that their brain chemistry works not because they're a broken person and not because they weren't loved and not because because that's what happens is we start to tell a lot of outward stories about why things happen when we don't understand how ADHD affects the brain in young children so anyway that was a slight digression but so when I found out about six months ago I was like angry in shock, I basically went through all the cycle of grief, right? Angry, in shock, frustrated, unsure, trying to kind of go, oh, well, it's not hyperactivity, it's just ADD. And then understanding that hyperactivity in women presents completely differently. 
and often presents in over-focus or hyper-focus. And that is really one of the things I wanted to share with you is one of my superpowers that I have been able to use from obviously my ADHD without knowing up to this point I had ADHD was, is the fact that I can hyper-focus. And so what happens when a wave of hyper-focus has come is in the past, and because I've been dysregulated, I have always just hyper-focused and then never stopped. So I've kept myself in this constant state of fight or flight, constant fight or flight. And it's why I've created massive success and momentum in, you know, my events career early on. Then in, let's say, when I was competing and building a, a coaching business for Team Superfox exceptionally quickly to, you know, the six-figure mark. Like, And then on top of that, building obviously an incredible um you know, an honestly incredible legacy business in my network marketing company. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, actually, not today, but I'm going to talk about that because I don't talk about that enough and I don't talk about it enough because this was really my outlet and space. But I think actually that's something I need to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Maybe episode three episodes time. So I, you know, I honestly believe I've used things like my hyper focus or my hyperactivity, whatever you want to label it, to my advantage. Now, the problem is I then didn't use the opposite moments to regulate, to relax, to rejuvenate, to take care of myself, to nourish myself. And so I'd often end up going through these cycles of burnout. So if you find yourself going through cycles of push, 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 burnout, push, 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 burnout, push, 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 burnout, there is either you are dysregulated in some sense. So whether that dysregulation comes from something like ADHD or whether that dysregulation comes because just over time you've burnt yourself out so often, that's a cycle your body knows and your brain knows. Either way, you need to look at regulating. You need to look at nervous system regulation. You know, this is a big part of why I made the Becoming course because that course, you know, I called it the confidence course, but really what it is, me being truthful with you, it's a regulate course. It's how to freaking regulate yourself so that you can release the past, step into who you want to be, and absolutely become the next level version of yourself. So I wrote that course in the last nine months where I was going through this transition and feeling like my whole life had suddenly been explained. And look, I read that book, I read Scattered Minds, and I was like, I did not want it to be true. I did not want to read it and tick every box and be everything. And the truth is I was. And as frustrating as that is, because you're like, damn it, what it's also given me is understanding how to regulate myself, understanding what I need, understanding how to heal, how to release some of the past and be able to move into the future. And so my first piece of advice is educate yourself. So educate yourself on ADHD. This does not mean end up in a five hour Google hole, right? And I know if you've got over-focus, you probably will. So I'm going to talk to you in a minute about some of the tips that I have for, just getting comfy, some tips that I have for basically doing those things because I've done it without knowing I was doing it. So the first thing is educate yourself. So educate yourself on, you don't need to over-educate yourself. Like I've not gone into things like the types of ADHD and how, you know, I'm not there, whether I will ever be there. I'm kind of like, cool, I have this predisposition. This is who I want to be. This is who I like to be. How can I regulate myself? So that's a situ- that's who I, like I am. I don't want to be a victim of my circumstance. I actually refuse to be a victim of my circumstance because I don't believe that I need to be rescued. I don't believe anybody does. I believe that everyone needs to be empowered and inspired to take action, to do something different. And so for me personally, mine is about regulating myself so that I can step into the next level version of myself so I can become a better, stronger, happier, healthier, wealthier person and inspire others to do the same. Not so I can give myself more labels, limit limit myself. And as Abraham Hicks always says, if we argue for our limitations, we get to keep them. And what so many people do is end up in a rabbit hole about this is applies to ADHD and anything, 
but people end up in a rabbit hole of, okay, well, I've got this type of this and I've got this type of this and I've got this personality test and I've got this, this and this. And educating yourself is important. Like I teach personality testing in Next Level Life. But what I don't teach is that that is the way you must live your life. You must always live your life through this personality test lens. And that's what so many people do with ADHD is they say, I am this type of person. I am this type of way. This is who I am. And this is how I'm going to stay. And it's just not true. Like we have so much at our hands with neuroplasticity. We literally can change our minds. They have proven it. Women as old as 70 have proven it. So you can absolutely educate yourself, but know that at the point of educating yourself, that is not the definitive end of life moment where that is all there is, right? So that's the first step. My first, my, so my first tip is educate yourself. My second tip is regulate yourself. So if right now you are feeling like you're a victim to your hormones, a victim to your moods, a victim to your energy levels, a victim to your dopamine. And again, always consult with a doctor when it comes to chemical imbalances. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an endocrinologist, right? I have had hormonal and chemical imbalances my whole life, which now makes sense. Um, but with that in mind, regulate yourself. So what I have spent the last nine months doing, not knowing I was doing it for ADHD, but doing it, you know, obviously at the beginning, was has been regulating myself. So finding ways to slow down my nervous system, to step out of fight, flight, freeze or fawn, to trust myself, to step back into knowing. And that has started with the basics. The truth is you will never, ever, ever find a better combination than great sleep, hydration, good quality nutrition, working on your gut health, and then working on your mindset. You will never, ever find a stronger combo than those five. And so I just went to work back on those five. So now I go to bed earlier. I get up. Even if I'm not tired, I fucking lie there because I'm like, I was getting into the habit of like going to bed at like midnight, one o'clock. I mean, getting up at like nine and I can, I work for myself. I can do what I want. Right. But I was always then waking up with this feeling of like, oh, I'm behind the times. I'm behind the day. Now that's your interpretation of how it works for you. But that's, again, somebody could believe that they're a night owl. And because of that belief, they then stay up all night and actually they miss out on life. So don't allow a label to mean anything about who you are. If actually it helps you feel validated, it helps you feel seen. And then from there, you can go, okay, I accept myself now. Now I can change, right? And that's a Carl Rogers quote is the moment one truly accepts oneself, then, then one can change. So it doesn't mean the moment one truly accepts oneself, then I'm going to stand here and do fuck all. It means now that I know this about myself, what do I want to do with it? How do I want to move forward with it? So find those baselines, right? Regulate yourself. From there, work with the right professional for you for either chemical imbalance, if that's where you're at, or emotional balance. And that could be cognitive. It could be CBT. It could be EMDR. It could be it could be actually like psychotherapy. It could be hypnotherapy. It could be havening. It could be whatever. Right. So a lot of like mental work. It could be talking therapy or it could be somatic work. And the truth is, I believe it's both. Like I said, I've spent four years processing cognitively processing trauma dealing with things understanding things understanding therapeutic systems to help me make sense of the world and I've been doing somatic work so I've been you know I've been doing Reiki I've been doing meditation I've been doing breath work not huge amounts I find it a bit weird still I'm gonna be honest I've been to um a cacao event can't call it a ceremony unless it's um local to where it's from but I've been to a cacao event and sound bath I have microdosed we'll talk about that another time I did some microdosing of magic mushrooms and I'm freaking proud of that by the way because that was a huge transform transformation in me so I have done some microdosing I have started doing reformer pilates so I've moved away from weight training and I've been doing reformer pilates three times a week for the last month like 
So there is there is the talking, there's the head work, right? And then there's the body work. And then there's the chemical work. And that chemical work starts with those five things, sleep, hydration, nutrition, gut health, and then mental health. So that just means like giving yourself mind, whether it's mindfulness or meditation. So the first step is educate yourself. The second step is regulate yourself. My third piece of advice, if I could give you any, right, from my experience, is like I touched on. If you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. I have decided not to argue for my limitations and instead to see that the fact that I have ADHD, I'm going to do my work to regulate myself. I'm going to keep educating myself. I'm going to keep learning and growing, but I'm going to keep taking care of myself. And as I do, what happens is this, and this is a little bit more Joe Dispenza, Law of Attraction esque, but as I clear, if you, okay, so imagine your body, right? God, I wish I could draw shit. I wish I could draw. I'm a terrible drawer. I can't draw. Anyway, imagine your body on a piece of paper, right? And imagine that all the trauma, everything you've been through, your life experience, all the shitty beliefs, all the shitty experiences are stored in your body like a gray cloud, right? Or a black cloud, right? So all the space of your body on a piece of paper is filled with like black air. And then as you do the head work, you release all that black air from the head, right? And then as you do the body work, you release all that black air from the body, right? What you're actually then doing is allowing your body to connect with itself. So you're allowing the guts, the, the gut brain axis, right? Which also connects to the skin, whole other story. But let's say you're actually allowing your body and mind to connect a bit more. So you're starting to feel more regulated, right? So then imagine if you drew a line that goes from your head down to your tummy and then back up to your head, right? Imagine that in a circle. Now what you need to imagine is get that circle bigger. So then go round the body. So from the head to the feet, from the head to the feet and round the body, right? And keep drawing circles and rings. Now, people have a lot of names for these things. I think you have to find what works for you. But the way I understand it is we have different energy centers in the body. And I, I personally relate to this model and example. You don't have to. But uh, we have different energy centers in the body. And there are seven of those. And they go all the way from the head, all the way down to our reproductive organs, right? So all that way. And basically, when we regulate through head work and body work, we actually regulate those energy centers or chakras, if that's what you want to refer to them as. So what happens is not it's not only a straight line that you're drawing up and down. What's happening is you're actually creating rings, rings of energy. Now, those rings of energy are basically our magnetic field. So our magnetic field dictates how much energy we have to put out. So therefore, how magnetic we are in terms of manifestation, in terms of attraction, but also how much we can hold space for. And I've been talking about this a lot. I've been talking about energetic capacity. I've been talking about holding space for people and things and experiences. And here's what I know to be true. When you educate yourself and then you regulate yourself, you give your body a bigger opportunity to have energetic capacity. Not only does that mean creating, manifesting, attracting, whatever word you want to use becomes easier because you become a magnet for the thing that you want because you've cleared out all the bullshit, right? But also because you have the capability and the energy to take on more things, whether it is a higher workload, whether it is you're ready to take on that new business, whether it is you're ready to do that course or plug in, or whether it is to take on that relationship, and then what happens is we start to see momentum and change in our life because we've educated ourselves, accepted ourselves as we are. We've done the work to regulate ourselves, mind and body. That's cleared space. And what that space has done is allow our energy centers to regulate, but also us to hold more space for the things that we are trying to create. And so I do not believe that a diagnosis of anything and look, like I said, not sat here as someone who's had a psychiatrist diagnosis, but somebody who meets fricking 99% of criteria through everything I've educated myself on. What I want you to know is it does not have to define you and it does not have to limit you. Yes, there's a million hilarious TikToks about it. And yes, you know, it's funny to be able to laugh at ourselves. But what I want you to know is 
just because that's the way you do something once does not mean you cannot regulate, create or change that. In fact, I have met people that I can tell you to this day are, I can guarantee you are ADHD and yet they are some of the most regulated people you'll ever meet. And I truly believe through neuroplasticity, we can change the way we think, we can change the way we feel and we can change our results. And it is an intentional choice and it will take energy and it will take commitment. But here's what I want you to know about that. Here's why I want to caveat that. I believe, and my therapist was amazing at helping me understand this, that ADHD is a superpower. She even said to me, some of the most exceptional people in the world and that she has ever had the pleasure of meeting have all had ADHD. They've just learned how to harness it. So in the next episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit more around harnessing it, a little bit more about the science behind it. If you're interested in that, you're interested in the chemistry, I can hopefully explain it in a more um, dynamic way. I might, I might even do slides. If you watch the video version of this, I might even do slides. So my story so far is that I am six months in to educating myself. I'm nine months into regulating myself and I'm absolutely choosing to see it as a superpower. If you love this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review below. It'll literally take you 30 seconds to drop on the three little dots or comment underneath and let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know that you resonated, related, or that you didn't. I'm always open to feedback and honest commentary. And you can always tag me on Instagram. I've got at Next Level Lucy and at Lucy Superfox over on Instagram. Give me a tag. Let me know what you thought of the episode. So that was a lot for me to share with you guys this week. Hopefully it resonated or related in some way, or at least gave you an insight into the crazy wide world of Lucy Superfox. So I hope you had the most amazing time. I love sharing this with you and I'll see you on the next episode.